Patty. I always love it when we do real big songs right before the sermon because then it's just like, how do I, I got to follow that? Um, so Matthew chapter 5, this section of scripture, is a lot to say. Let's, uh, let's go back into, um, let's go back into the previous century, right? When I was a child. <laughs> that feels wrong, doesn't it? When I was a kid, I was taught that if you don't have something nice to say, I didn't know my mom talked to y'all too. No disrespect, but no, no, you mean all the disrespect right now, dude. Um, yeah, I was told if you, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Now, that is probably too simple of a rule to be applied all the time, but you know, overall, it's not a bad rule. But it seems like it's a lot less common these days. I don't know how many children are being taught that rule. It seems today as if kind of the opposite is what's encouraged. Like, if, if anything, absolutely anything pops into your head, you should say it. Right? Because that's being real. That's being authentic. And, you know, I, if you go through Twitter or YouTube, you're going to find all kinds of people with their hot takes. And why are they saying those things? To get clicks and views, all that kind of stuff. That you, you, you might not be a YouTuber or a Twitterer, right? You might not even know what a hot take is. Anybody know what a hot take is? Okay, here's the deal with a hot take. It's when you have an opinion you haven't thought about and you say it immediately. I'm serious. That's what a hot take is, right? And these are very popular. So maybe you're not a YouTuber, right? But I bet, I bet you found sometimes when you, you say something you shouldn't have because your mouth got ahead of your brain. Doesn't happen to me in front of church ever. <laughs> but, you know. Sometimes it's just because you're, you're moving a little too fast, right? But I think a lot of times it happens when you're frustrated or tired or angry or maybe all three. And you know, maybe they deserved it. Maybe. It's understandable, right? It happens to all of us. But once those words are out there, you can't reel them back in. You know, if, you're, if you post it on Twitter, you can delete the post. But you can't take the words out of somebody's brain after they read it or heard it or saw it.
and the thing you might want to ask is, okay, it's understandable. We all do it. But just because it's understandable, just because it happens to all of us, does that make it okay? Jesus, as we're working through this section of Scripture, as he goes through the Sermon on the Mount, he, he, he kind of walks us through some of the Ten Commandments. And when you read through the Ten Commandments, if you just read the list, they sound pretty doable, you know? Don't steal. Okay. I'm not a thief. Not a problem. Don't lie in court. Well, okay, I've never perjured before, and I don't plan on perjuring again or ever, right? No problem. Don't murder. I wouldn't dream of murder. I don't even know if I'm capable of murdering somebody. You know, you read the list. It sounds pretty okay. And that's how people felt in Jesus' day. It was long established that that's what it all meant. That's why Jesus said, and I quote, you have heard that it was said of those of old, right? So Jesus is saying, from ancient days, you have heard it said, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be liable to judgment. By now, week three of this series, you should know what to expect when Jesus says, you have heard it said. What's Jesus about to do? It's going to flip it all on its head, right? But oh, hold on. We are against murder, right? <laughs> yes. Jesus says, you have heard it said, but I say to you, if you're angry, if you speak harshly, if you insult your brother, then you will face the same judgment as if you murdered him. That seems a little much, right? Like, a little dramatic, maybe. My mom said, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. But you know what the kids on the playground said? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but... Yeah, but words will never hurt me. But Jesus is like, well... <laughs> yeah, those, mur those words, they count as murder. Come on now. Words aren't murder. And honestly, you mean to tell me that I'm accountable not just for my actions and not just for my words? I'm accountable for my feelings? Well, yeah. Yeah, you are. You know, a lot of people go through life and they think that life is just about, you know, Jesus and me. Everyone else is a side note. I'm cool with God, and he's cool with me. So, so what if I can't get along with my neighbors? So what if I can't get along with my coworkers? So what if I can't stand them and they can't stand it? So what if people don't care for my tone or my opinions or whatever? That's just how God made me. 
Only God can judge me. Well, I'm not sure that's how God made you. But yeah, you're right that God is your ultimate judge. But guess what? He actually does care about those relationships. He's judging you about those too. Jesus went on to say that if you're on your way to the altar to bring a sacrifice, so you're going to go give your offering to God, and you realize on the way that you sinned against someone, you should stop what you're doing. Don't give the offering. Go get reconciled first. After you seek forgiveness from your brother, then you come and you offer your sacrifice. I think there's a lot of churches that would go bankrupt pretty quick if they wouldn't receive offerings from people who had outstanding conflicts with their brothers and sisters, right? That's kind of what he's saying. Simple enough, but it does seem a little bit backwards, doesn't it? Right? Because, like, shouldn't our first duty be to God? And then, like, making amends with other people is maybe a secondary thing. Like, which is the priority here? I would think that our priority is our relationship with God, right? Well, here's the thing. God loves you. And you know what? He loves them. He loves you and he loves them. He wants a relationship with you, but he also cares about the people around you. And there's, there's some reasons for that. On the one hand, God takes personally how we treat other people. Maybe you remember Jesus saying something like this, whatever you've done to the least of these, my brothers, you have done it to me. Do you think that might apply to those relationships in your office? In your family? So on the one hand, as we approach those people, we need to be treating them as if they're Jesus. With kindness and and giving and support and understanding, all, all that kind of stuff, right? Because we want a good relationship with Jesus, but whatever we do to them, it's as if we did it to Jesus. So when we look at them, we, we, sh- we should be kind of seeing Jesus' face in them, right? If you did, it'd make it a little easier not to punch that face, right? <laughs> but it cuts both ways because you're a Christian. So when you come to them, they're seeing Jesus' face in you. So if we welcome them, if we forgive them, or if we reject them, we're testifying what Jesus is like, whichever way it goes. So if we want to seek forgiveness for the sins we commit, doesn't it stand a reason that before we go asking God for forgiveness, maybe we should start with the person that we actually wronged? Reconciliation is an act of worship, you know? It's an act of worship because it does mean that we are putting ourselves beneath what God wants. We're putting ourselves beneath what God's will is. It 
so this section of scripture really does have a lot to say in the negative, you know, what you should not do. But there is a positive message here that I want to carry forward. And that's this. God put you in the place he put you for a reason. He put those people in your life for a reason. And he put in your mouth incredible power. I was talking to the kiddos about this, but hopefully you were listening too. The power of life and death is in the mouth, right? The words we speak, they build up or they tear down. They testify to the truth of the gospel or they misrepresent the gospel. But if you're a Christian, the words you speak represent Christ. I think we've got a pretty clear picture of what we ought not to do. But let's talk about what we can do. We can speak love to people who are unlovable. We can speak love to people who won't even receive it. That's okay. Because that's how Jesus loves. We can give grace and forgiveness to the people who don't deserve it. And in some cases, who aren't even asking for it. And we can humble ourselves to seek forgiveness for what we've got wrong. You have incredible power to show people who this Jesus is and what he is like. And we shouldn't take that for granted. So yeah, maybe hauling off and punching somebody, that's obvious. But we should take care with our words and with our heart. Because what's on the inside comes out in the end. Now, I know I don't do this perfectly, and uh, I got a long way to go, and that's probably true for you too. And here's where I want to wrap. I don't want you to leave here beating yourself up because we have a God of forgiveness and grace. Jesus died and rose again to give you a clean slate over and over and over again. And if right now it's bugging you, you know you've got that outstanding thing with somebody else in your life, you have spoken wrongly to them, you have offended them, you've whatever, don't just walk out of here like a sad sack, okay? First off, get some chili first. But also, receive God's grace. He forgives you. And he's offering you a chance at something better with them. As you take that same grace you receive from him and bring it to them. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for second chances. We thank you so much for loving us. We thank you so much for the power of your word. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that you will teach us to love the people around us the way that you love them and the way that you love us. Help us to be your hands, feet, and voice as we go out into the world. Help us to be peacemakers and reconcilers who take this stuff seriously because it's not just about what we get out of it. It's about what you desire. We thank you so much for the grace that we've received in you. And we ask that you empower us to bring that grace to a world that needs it. In your holy name we pray. Amen.